0: Hello, this is Stephen Thompson, and welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience Leadership Tips for the Remote Worker. This is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. Well, welcome to episode number 10 of season number two. The last episode for the season, I'm very excited. I've been talking about Prince all this season, I've been talking about the coffee that I've been drinking, and I've just been having a great time talking about my experience. Well, here it is, number 10. I'm going to talk about the song Controversy, Controversy, by Prince. But first, what have I been drinking this week? Well, almond milk lattes from Alana's, incredible, love it. Love the almond milk latte from Alana's. And also, I'm enjoying my Trader Joe's French vanilla coffee, and I'm drinking it out of my favorite Harley Quinn coffee tumbler. Along with that, I'm working on National Novel Writing Month. I am at my word count for the month. I love doing NaNoWriMo. This is my third NaNoWriMo. 50,000 words, a novel in the month of November. did a virtual write-in the other day. It is fun to be able to do these sorts of things. I really enjoy it, so I enjoy doing this podcast. But here we go. Controversy. Controversy was the fourth studio album that Prince released in 1981. And the song Controversy was also on the album. And Prince talked about the speculation that people were talking about around him. People were wondering about his sexuality. They were wondering about his religion, his gender, his race. And he was just curious, why are these people just so interested in all of these things about me when I'm just a musician? At one point in the song, which is very interesting, Prince just starts reciting the Lord's Prayer. And people said that was blasphemous for him to even recite the Lord's Prayer in a pop song. It also shows you just Prince's talent and ability to be able to incorporate the Lord's Prayer into a song. But one of the things that I see is there a delineation between your talent and your skills and your ability and your purpose and what other people think about you. And that will come crashing into each other in your workplace and as a leader where there will be times where you will need to take a stand on things that are controversial difficult and what are you going to do well you always want to point people back to your talents your skills and your abilities for prince he was a great musician but there's something about taking a controversial stand in the workplace and also having the skills and the credibility to back up that stance and that's a little bit what i want to talk about in the book, The Originals, they discuss this, when and when not to take a stand You know, in your workplace and in your leadership. And one of the big points the author of the book makes is that when you take a stand, if you have credibility, if you've earned it and you've worked for it, then you can get more distance out of the stand you take. Now, you always should, I believe, stand up for things that are wrong. So we never let things go. But there are times in a workplace when you can take a stand over a topic and you will get listened to. But you're always probably going to find opposition to the stands that you take. Let's go back in history. Let's look at 1968. 1968 was a turbulent time in the United States. The 1968 Olympics. Let's go back. 200 meter relay race. Tommy Smith won the gold medal from the United States. John Carlos won the bronze medal. He was also from the United States. And Peter Norman won the silver medal. Peter Norman was from Australia. What you may or may not know is that this Olympic race was immortalized in a picture where you see Tommy Smith and John Carlos with their fists in the air. Black Power salute. Now, what we also know about that is that this was intentional and it also had a point to it. So all of the people, John Carlos, Peter Norman, and Tommy Smith, they all had human rights badges on them and they did it for a reason. So they wanted to bring attention to human rights abuses that were occurring in the world. What we don't see in the picture is that Tommy Smith and John Carlos were shoeless during this and they were shoeless because they wanted to draw attention to poverty that was happening in the country and they had a necklace on and that necklace that Peter Norman was wearing the necklace was talking about pride and unity with people who were impoverished in his nation of Australia and John Carlos track suit was unzipped and it was unzipped because he wanted to show solidarity for blue collar workers. And then Tommy Smith also wanted to bring light to the fact that we needed to have people to have access to good housing and kids going to great colleges. But also what also brought that more credibility is that Tommy Smith won the gold medal. So he had the skills. He won the 200 meters. He won. He got to stand up on a pedestal. And nobody could take that away from him. Yes, they may have disagreed with the fact that he made a political stance. But they couldn't take away his ability. They couldn't take away the fact that he won that race. Go further back into American history. 1700s. Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine is famous for common sense. Common sense was a pamphlet that discussed why the United States, at the time it wasn't the United States, why the 13 colonies should separate from Britain. But also Thomas Paine was an abolitionist. Thomas Paine did not believe in slavery. Now, some people attribute to him A paper written in 1775 called African slavery in America and talked about the abolitionist abolition of slavery he did not write that but he was friends with people who did write that and he supported it Benjamin Franklin who sits on the hundred dollar bill today one of the most famous people in the time of American independence who never became president we all know who Benjamin Franklin was we all remember as children seeing the picture of Benjamin Franklin flying the kite and getting struck by lightning. But also, Benjamin Franklin also was an abolitionist. After 1785, Franklin was elected president to an anti-slavery society in Pennsylvania. And in 1790, Benjamin Franklin went to Congress and petitioned the United States Congress to ban slavery. Controversy. Benjamin Franklin took a stand against slavery. Let's fast forward to 1965. Miles Davis, a jazz trumpeter, was doing a concert at the Lincoln Center. and It was a fundraiser for registration drives of African American voters in Louisiana and Mississippi. And at the time, Miles waived his feet Miles Davis is one of the top musicians in the country at the time. He waived the fee. His bandmates were very upset with him. They were like, we're not playing for free. But since Miles Davis was Miles Davis, his band, he said, you're either going to play with me for free or you're not going to play with me at all. So there is a point where people became more important in Miles Davis's career than paper did. See, the paper was the money and the fee that he was going to get paid, but the people, the people who were denied the right to vote and who needed money to be able to just participate in our democracy. There was a time when people weren't even allowed or they were attempted to be blocked from participating in our democracy. Miles Davis waived his fee. And he decided that, People mattered more than the paper that he was going to get paid. So where are we at in our careers and in our leadership? The book, The Dip, talks about this. talks about when to quit. And there's a fine line. When you need to make a decision that is potentially career-altering or career-moving, I don't ever believe that we need to treat people poorly. Don't do that. Don't respond poorly. Justice can be carried out, and I believe that there's mechanisms to carry out justice, but when all things are equal, when there's a philosophical difference, and you may need to go in a different direction, this book, The Dip, is awesome, and in the book, The Dip, by, by Seth Godin, he talks about influencing, and who you want to influence, and you can be an influencer. You should always want to be an influencer. So whatever you are doing right now, whatever you are leading in, you want to be an influencer in that area. That means you want to be one of the best people in the world in that area. Now, you may be in a situation where you can't influence an individual. And if you can't influence an individual in your particular career or in your particular sphere of influence or in your circle or your community, you may want to think about leaving that and moving away. And there's nothing wrong with that because you will only get bitter. But what you want to always try to be doing is influencing the marketplace that you are in. So let's say, for instance, you are a computer programmer. And you may be having a philosophical difference over a current project that you are working on. Maybe it's an application. Maybe it's a piece of software. And you and whoever the project manager is, they aren't seeing eye to eye. So what can you do? Well, you can continue to butt your head up against the wall and get angry and get upset. Or you can decide, I'm gonna, I can't influence this individual any longer. I'm going to try to influence the marketplace. And then you have your skills and your abilities of computer programming and you use that to influence the marketplace here's an example of good and bad and the type of way to know if you meet humility move in that direction but if you don't if you meet resistance maybe it's time to move out of that direction for instance let's talk about you know this is the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, posting his 95 theses on the church door in Wittenberg. Look that up and study it. And that began the Protestant Reformation. Now, before that, there was a man named John Huss. Now, John Huss made a lot of the same statements, very similar arguments against the church that Luther had made. John Huss was burned alive for what he said. Luther was called into session, he could have been killed as well for his beliefs, but he took a stand and the Protestant Reformation 500 years ago is remembered and celebrated as one of the most significant historical events in modern times. Think about that. We all know about Martin Luther King and the stand that he took in the Civil Rights Movement. But long before Martin Luther King, people we're trying to take stands against Jim Crow and racism. A great book called The Road to Character by David Brooks. Baynard Ruskin and A. Philip Randolph are two individuals who also took stands against Jim Crow. Baynard Ruskin was marginalized, incredibly marginalized, It even got to the point where even Martin Luther King had to distance himself from Baynard Rustin. And it's a great read, The Road to Character. But there were people who became before people of significance who laid the road and laid the path for them. And those people need to be honored as well. But when you're met with humility, when people meet you with humility, it's different. I heard a great story on NPR this morning at Cal State Long Beach. There was a science class. It was chemistry for non science majors. And they were doing a study of lead in the water fountains. And they found that there were high amounts of lead. Now, remember, this is a class for non science majors. And the university shut down the water fountains. And that was amazing. Non science majors come to the university president with their findings. Remember, they're not even science majors, and the university meets with humility. They're like, look at these findings, look at these studies, let's do something. So they shut down the water fountains, they put water coolers around campus, and they're beginning to study out the problem. That is an example of humility. There wasn't a marginalization of these non-science majors. They didn't look down on them. It's an idea. I was re- There's two ways that I read about this. The best idea wins. Ray Dalio, TED Talk, Radical, Transparency. Also a book I just picked up, The Vera Bradley Way, about handbags and the handbag company. and The co-founder of uh, uh, Vera Bradley, she writes about that for her company, that the best idea wins. And when you have a, a situation where the best idea wins, people aren't taking it personally. They don't feel that their worth is caught up in their career and their decision-making. And then the controversy is gone. And the best idea wins. So where does that put us? My favorite line in controversy is simply this. Prince says, do I believe in God? Or do I believe in me? And I think about that. And and, and it it gives me uh, just a little bit of chill. And I remember when Prince passed away, I remember Rachel Maddow watching her show and she showed controversy and she even said, do I believe in God, do I believe in me? And she began to talk about those lyrics and I don't remember what she said, but those line, that line stuck out to me. And I look at it again, do I believe in God, do I believe in me? Well, you know what, know who answers that question, you answer that question, not other people. Other people can answer that question, but only you know the answer to that question and only you have the ability to make a conclusion and draw a conclusion and move forward in your career based upon what you answer those questions your answers to those questions so here's what I want you to do to implement what I'm talking about and to move on in your career I want you to do this AAA remember this AAA everybody knows what AAA is you have a AAA card I love AAA I need AAA I love the magazine But AAA, we know, is the automobile services. You can get discounts on hotels. You can get amusement park tickets, discount movie tickets. But when you really need AAA, when your car breaks down on the freeway, AAA is going to come and help you. So, that is what we need AAA for. So, here we go. Do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? triple a number one inventory your skills and the first thing you want to do is you want to accept them these are my skills these are my talents these are my abilities and I have them you see like Miles Davis they could be upset with Miles Davis for waving his fee but they couldn't play the trumpet better than Miles Davis he had those skills And nobody can take those skills away from you. And when you're at your job and you want to take a stand, remember, nobody can take the skills away from you that you have earned. The degrees you have, the time you spent in accumulating certain skills, nobody can take those from you. Second, be aware. Be aware of your skills. Who are you? What have you learned? What did you do? The degrees you earned, the talent that you have, they are transferable across industries and across careers. If you know how to program and you know how to code, you can work for any company that you want that has coding in it. And you can work for yourself. If you are an educator, you can work for anybody that has students. You just need a child to be an educator in front of you or even an adult you don't need someone to knight you as an educator you've went to college, you've got your degree, you've got your credentials that no one can take away from you and the final thing you need to do is you need to appreciate them you need to appreciate the skills and abilities that you have that you've earned that have put you in the place that you are in in your career today because you have them and as Prince said Do I believe in God or do I believe in me? See, people can talk about you, they can think about you, they can make opinions about you, but they can't take away what you have. You see, people could talk about Prince's gender, people could talk about Prince's religion or his race or his sexuality, but they couldn't play the guitar like him or they couldn't play the piano like him or they couldn't make purple rain. That is what he did even though he is dead today, we still can listen to Purple Rain. We can still listen to controversy. We can still listen to Baby I'm a Star. We can still listen to Delirious. We can still listen to 1999. We can still listen to Little Red Corvette because those were birthed out of his skills, not his opinions, and not out of your opinion or anybody's opinion. So your skills and abilities are never going to be birthed out of somebody else's opinion of you. So what does somebody's opinion of you mean? What value does it add? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Somebody's opinion of you is not going to make you better at what your career is. You are not going to get better skills because somebody says something about you. You get better because you practice and you work every day. And when there are things that are controversial, stands that you need to take, when people are being treated poorly, take that stand and know that nobody can take away what you've earned. So take that stand. I don't know what that stand looks like. It's going to look like something different to everybody. But in the time, when you have to take a stand, take it. Make it. People can decide how much they want to pay you, but they can't determine your worth. T.D. Jakes said that. And As I leave you, Season 2, The Stephen Thompson Experience Leadership Tips for the Remote Worker, Go back to our very first episode this year, Baby, I'm a Star. Might not know it now, but Baby, I'm a Star. Say that to yourself each and every day. You are a star. You have skills. You have talents. You have abilities. And in the workplace, use them. Make a difference each and every day in what you do. Make a difference. Try to make a difference. And if you fail, you do. But show up each and every day committed to being the best version of you that you can be using the talent, skills, and abilities that you were born with that were endowed upon you by the creator of the universe if you believe in that. Or even if you don't, you still have talent, skills, and abilities. Use them to make the world a better place. This is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience.